the latest episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, we're here to chat about one of the biggest hits for Prince, especially the biggest hit that Prince had off of the Around the World in a Day album. And we're talking about Raspberry Beret, of course. Joining me is Karen Shedrick. Hello, hello. Hi, Karen. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. How about uh, yourself? And what do you think about this song? Well, like you said, it was a it was a very popular song, and for me, I remember when the song came out, and I definitely remember the video. I remember the uh, release on MTV, and how excited everybody was because this was, you know, after Purple Rain, and nobody really knew what to expect, and to see him and to see him on the video, he looked. He looked different, he had different hair. The video had a different vibe to it. So it was just very exciting to see what we were gonna, or see or hear what we were gonna hear from Prince. And I especially liked the song. To me, it, it almost sounded like a, a, it almost had like a country feel to it. The lyrical content, you know, a lot of country songs have like a, they tell a, a story. The way that the the song structure is and you know you just change one of the instruments slightly you know you throw in like a pedal steel guitar and maybe slow it down a bit this could easily be a, a crossover country hit from the 80s and right. yeah and doing that um kind of makes the songs relatable especially if it's a story that is rooted in reality rooted in a situation that people can relate to and Raspberry Beret is certainly one of those songs because in its essence, it's really a song about, you know, somebody's first time, like losing their virginity, having sex for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, a, that's a very relatable story, you know, and, and all the, uh, the little things that surround that event are stuck in our memories good or bad you know i mean some of it's very awkward and some of it could be really kind of eye-opening and amazing but usually it's some sort of combination of all those things you know it's a little bit right. good a little bit bad a little bit awkward but uh yeah raspberry beret is a is a very interesting song coming off of purple rain because as you said the visuals of the video really kind of make it striking in its in its uh tone it's bright, right? I mean, the music video is really bright and colorful, and Prince has got that uh, suit on. Is it is it a cloud mm-hmm. suit? Or he's got... Right, the cloud yeah. suit. <laughs> yes, the cloud suit, got the cloud guitar. You've got a uh, partial animated section in the middle. You know, and they, you mix a little bit of the live music video feel where the, the band is playing together on stage in front of all those people with some animated portions and I don't think that had been done before in a Prince video there was any animation that I can recall at least so Me yeah it's, yeah it's just a very different video which kind of goes along with the vibe of the colorful album cover around the world in a day you know kind of getting Prince out of the shadows from the Purple Rain movie and and videos that were associated with that getting him off like that dark stage you know like first avenue stage really put some brightness to it and brightness to the song and the song is a very bright song would you agree with that at least 
I do. I think uh, the video definitely went along with the song. I think the the video was almost uh, psychedelic looking. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, definitely a lot of color, a lot of visual images. And I, I mean, I noticed like when the the group of the dancers were doing the little dance that they were doing together. I was like, that's the same dance that was done in Purple Rain uh, when um, Dez was performing, A Modern Air. Oh, yeah. That same, yeah, that same little dance that they were doing, they also did it in um, Raspberry Beret. I thought that was different. And then, or the similar. And then, if I'm not mistaken, the guitar he was using was the guitar from Purple Rain in the, in, when he performed Purple Rain. But yeah, the the colors definitely different from the dark, kind of sexy vibe of Purple Rain. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. It was it was very different looking for those of us that were still kind of in that Purple Rain mode because this song came out. It was released like in April or May of 1985, if I recall correctly. And yes. that's that's like a year year to the month that when Doves Cry was released. Like the song that kind of kicked off the entire Purple Rain album cycle and single cycle. So a short year, like I can't even imagine that. And I I think I said that earlier in a different episode where just the the quick turnaround for this album release and this single release after the Purple Rain success it's just astonishing to me because it really should, it should have just been 1985 should have been just more purple rain i mean if if you're thinking of it just from a financial and you know what makes sense financially for your career just use that year to keep touring keep promoting singles keep uh you know talking about the music and talking about some of the side acts that were releasing music around the same time like the the time and sheila e and apollonia six but uh, yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't do that at all, and he just completely switched gears. And now we've got this entire new album of, of songs to listen to. Yeah, it mm-hmm. certainly certainly was something that came right on the heels of the last single that was released, which was I think "Take Me With You." And then, bam! Two months later, we've got Raspberry Beret from an entirely new album, and with a new look. Like you said, his hair style was different, which. If I recall reading correctly, it had something to do with uh, he like tried to dye his hair blonde and it and it uh, didn't really work out that well. It kind of damaged his hair. So I, I think, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that that was a wig he was wearing in the the video for Raspberry. What? Girl. Wow! I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks a little odd, don't you think? So I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, well, I thought it was kind of cute, and you know, people would say that he looked like uh, Liza Minnelli, like the <laughs> kind of cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I hearing that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So, Raspberry Beret was a was a big hit in the United States. Actually, it was a bigger hit here in the in the states than it was just about anywhere else in the in the entire world. It was. The first single released from around the world in a day in the U.S. and Japan, but it, it wasn't the first single released in other countries like in Europe and Australia. Um, the first song that they got was Paisley Park. That was their kind of like first introduction to Prince's new sound and Prince's new album. 
I think uh, because it was the first single released off of the next project, you know, the next thing that Prince was doing after Purple Rain really helped it become a big success in the States. Because we're all mm -hmm. just really excited about it. While leading off um, the, the album release cycle with Paisley Park, which is a great song. I love Paisley Park, but I get it's not quite as commercial friendly, pop friendly. And so I kind of understand why maybe if Paisley Park was the first single released off of the album in Europe and they and people listened to it and they weren't really digging that new style and they digging the new sound, the next single, Raspberry Beret, they might not have been quite as uh, amped up to to hear and, and you know buy the single or, or request it on the radio or whatever. But here in the States, it was it was a massive hit and. It really has all of the um, the elements that are needed for uh, like a really popular pop song. It, I think it's one of Mo Prince's more clear-cut pop songs. You know, there's really very little funk uh, integrated into the sound of this song. I put it like right up with like uh, I guess Cream and maybe the most beautiful girl in the world as far as like Prince's most pure pop songs, the ones that are just crafted in like this pop music laboratory and and he you know put the ingredients in and it outspits these these kind of like three similar songs in my mind um popular as the songs from purple rain were they had a different sound and they could have been you know uh very big hits on on different formats but raspberry beret was just pop plain and simple i think at least is that kind of what you think about it or do you think of the song in a different different manner i agree i mean it's it's 100 pop and like you said it's a fun song it's definitely you know something that anybody can listen to so i definitely agree that it's a definite pop influence uh and again maybe the reason for it was because he wanted you know to really depart from the feel of Purple Rain and he wanted to, you know, just do something fun, something different so that, you know, to kind of surprise people, you know, I can do pop too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And this song uh, is kind of interesting because it has its roots go back to 1982 around the time that he was, you know, making songs for what would be 1999. And, um, I, I've never heard like the very first version, the very first take of this song before, because I guess it was it was according to Prince Vault, it was reworked quite significantly between the 1982 version that he had written and made a demo of, and the version that was recorded in the fall of 1984 when he was you know, finishing putting the finishing touches on songs for Around the World in a Day. So I, my guess is that, you know, Prince is a very distinct sound from like that 82 era with, with the Lindrum machine and, and a lot of synths. And uh, I imagine like the first version of Raspberry Beret sounds drastically different than the version we end up getting. Because I think in late 84, he was, he was experimenting with a lot of different uh, instruments, a lot of different sounds. You know, he had a lot more strings in his music. He already touched on the finger cymbals, which you know has like this Middle Eastern flair to it. 
that a lot of the songs off this album have. So I, 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 I take it like the lyrics are probably there and maybe similar or exact. I don't know. We'll have to wait and maybe around the world in a day deluxe editions someday will come out and we'll <laughs> be treated to that version. But my guess is that the lyrics are very similar between the two versions, but the music is just like completely 180 degree difference. If I had to uh, put any money down on it, that's what I would guess. Yeah, I definitely believe that we'll we'll hear it, the original version, in a re-release. I hope we're both right on that one, because I yes. want to the version a lot. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, this is a very accessible song. People can relate to the lyrics. He's not talking about, like in Paisley Park or, you know, on songs like Around the World in a Day. He's not talking about, like, this concept of, like, this... Uh, theoretical location within us that we can all go in order to find inner peace this is just a flat out song about a sexual encounter that he had with a really pretty girl (laughs) and the lyrics that get us there that get us to the point where we're kind of understanding where the song is going it's told like a story it has Mm -hmm. basically three verses and each verse is like a chapter in a story i guess like a really short story about this encounter or or it's like a, almost like a diary entry where somebody is trying to recollect this this situation that he found himself in. What was happening in, in my life when I met this girl? Oh, I was working part-time at a five and dime. You know, uh, what was she wearing? You know, that that's a really kind of striking imagery and something that you can remember like i don't remember much about her but oh she had that raspberry beret you know that's something i remember it's almost like he's this the the character that prince is playing in the song is retelling the story from like decades past like this is just him relating a story about his first time you know years and years after it occurred and some of the things that you know really uh, stuck out for him you know the the sounds, the smells, the looks of what what his world was like when this encounter happened. Um, so, like with this song being so popular and so kind of like easy to sing along, there's going to be situations as we start going through the lyrics here shortly, where as a as a kid listening to the song, I I had a lot of like misheard lyrics, like things that I thought that he said and found out later. <laughs> that um, I was wrong. Did you have any of those? Me too, me too, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to compare notes about what were the, the lines as we go through the verses that that um, you misheard and maybe they're the same ones that I misheard as a kid as well. I think for me, it, it, it may not have been so much that I misheard them, but that I didn't really interpret them right. <laughs> I sure. think that was sure. my thing, yeah. That's definitely possible. There's always... Um, that chance of, of a line, even if you hear it right, not quite understanding its real meaning, you know, or the intention behind that line. All right, so I think uh, this is about as good a time as any to start going through the lyrics. Walked in 
right, so the uh, the first verse of the song, and you know, sing along if you're listening to this podcast at home because everybody knows the lyrics to the song. Mm-hmm. I was working part time in a five and dime. My boss was Mr. McGee. He told me several times that he didn't like my kind because I was a bit too leisurely. Seems that I was busy doing something close to nothing, but different than the day before. That's when I saw her. Ooh, I saw her. She walked in through the outdoor. Outdoor. And then he says, she wore a, and then you go to the chorus. So <laughs> the first verse, it's really kind of like, if, if you go back to the, the concept, this is like a short story or somebody's recollection. It's like the setup, you know? You're trying to set the scene for what's to come. Where was he? Where was he when this situation occurred? Well, like I said, he's working part time in a five and dime. So, you know, it was just a kind of like one of those dead end jobs that you know teenagers have just to make some, just to make some spending cash. Uh, Mr. McGee was his boss. You know, just kind of like just some random name. Could be anybody. You know, just everybody knows right. a quote unquote Mr. McGee in their life. Just some older guy that you know you you worked for i guess for a short period of time and he didn't like his kind um because he was too leisurely so i just take that to mean didn't like him because he thought prince was lazy <laughs> is that kind of what exactly. you got out of that <laughs> i i eric i got the same thing typical of a you know an older boss and a teenage worker you know yeah. like you know th- you're not taking this seriously you're lazy and he's probably like, yeah, I know it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm this, lazy. This, yeah, this is not this is not my career. This is just right. what I'm doing to get by. And I think it's kind of a it's, it's humorous imagery to just kind of imagine Prince just hanging out in this store, this five and dime, uh, just you know leaning against the counter, talking to the pretty girls that walk in, not really. <laughs> Not really doing what he's supposed to be doing, paying attention to customers, trying to make any sales. Not that you really need to make sales in a five and dime. You just basically have to ring people up and answer their questions if they have any. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, like I can see like Mr. McGee walking around like you've got time for lean and you got time for clean and type. That's right. <laughs> and so I, I just like how that uh, paints a picture in our mind about, you know, you know what he's doing in the kind of where he's at in this early verse and it seems that I was busy doing something close to nothing once again just kind of speaking to the boredom of these types of, of part-time jobs that that a lot of teenagers and young adults have just they're just mundane boring uh, you don't really there's nothing exciting you don't have to really think too hard you just kind of have to exist and be there and and fill fill a spot on a on the on the roster you know to, to get through the work day so um anything in this first verse that you really that you really like besides what we talked about or anything that you misheard potentially in this first verse i didn't mishear uh, this part uh but i i really thought it was cute uh the way he put in the whole uh, work vibe with the boss and i thought that was really unique i thought that was cute and i thought that that really added to the song to like you said it, it created a story uh, not just uh let's get to the part where we have sex or whatever he created a whole story around it which i thought was really fun and different uh for him to do that so i definitely like that 
Yeah, it's yeah. like he's creating like this imaginary world that we're in for this the four minutes that this song exists and you just have to use your imagination because we've all been in these types of stores we've all seen these types of workers and these kids doing doing their part-time jobs and 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 many of us have been in those situations so we could just even put ourselves in that right um the only thing i wanted to mention about towards the end uh for any of the any of you uh, classic rock fans out there he says she walked in through the outdoor and like i think it was maybe five years earlier led zeppelin's final studio album was titled in through the outdoor uh Mm. so i I don't know if (laughs) that was an accident or if prince heard that you know phrase from listening to the led zeppelin album or knowing that it existed even if you never listened to it you can be aware of its existence and thought that it was kind of a funny funny phrase somebody walking in through the outdoor and in the kind of foreshadowing a little bit to a line that prince says later about speaking about this girl's intelligence so you kind of get the impression mm-hmm. right off the bat yeah. and she walked into the outdoor that she that she's either a little quirky doesn't really care about um you know following the rules or she just really isn't all that bright and she didn't pay attention and she's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go through this door. I don't really care if it's in or out. <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do. I, I felt like that, you know, she was, he did mention that she wasn't so bright, but I I felt in that instance, like you said, that she was like, you know, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And if I wanna walk through this door, I'm gonna walk through this door, kind of like that. Certainly can be um, interpreted that way where she's she's not going to be bound by you know traditional rules of society that say <laughs> this one right. says out well who cares you know just because it says out doesn't mean that i can't walk in through it you know this is the door i want to walk through what are you going to do about right. it Okay, so then the chorus is also, I feel like me me saying the chorus and repeating the lines in the chorus is almost silly at this point because everybody knows the, the chorus, but I'm going to do it anyway because that's what I do. <laughs> she wore a raspberry beret, the kind you find in a secondhand store. Raspberry beret. And if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. Raspberry beret. I think I love her. Okay, so anything on the chorus you wanted to mention, Karen? Anything that you potentially misheard here? Because I certainly do. Uh, yeah. Well, when he the part if if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. I'm thinking, okay, well, what did she have on? You know, with this raspberry beret. Uh, but I thought it was cute that um, he mentioned, you know, the kind that you find in a secondhand store, and I. I, I thought that was unique in that, you know, she looked different. You know, she didn't look like, you know, the average girl, you know, with wearing this raspberry beret. I thought that was a little take on her appearance, that she was kind of unique in a quirky sort of way. The kind you find in a secondhand store, to me, implies a little bit that she's thrifty a bit. Yeah. And isn't isn't afraid to 
wear something that is somebody else's rejected clothing um, or that it probably isn't the, the hottest uh, the highest of fashion or isn't the latest trend because um, you know secondhand stores typically don't carry the latest trends I mean that's just not what they do they carry stuff that was maybe popular 20 years ago 10 years ago somebody unloaded it and she was browsing through this store one day and you know saw this beret and she's like you know I, I like it I don't I don't really care if anybody else thinks that it looks neat or makes me look good or if, you know all that matters is that I like the color of it I like how it look how I look with it on and so damn it I'm gonna wear it and, and that, once again that speaks to the kind of the, the quirkiness of her character that we've already kind of touched on and you know raspberry as a color you know typically I guess you know you think of raspberries the fruit so you immediately go to like what's the color of of a raspberry well it's kind of like this dark shade of red not as dark maybe as a cherry but um you know, something between like the traditional red and a and a dark dark red that a cherry has so you you immediately start to think like okay raspberries they're they have their own kind of unique shade of, of red and and it's almost like a reddish purple i guess um mm -hmm. i'm not real great at describing colors but if you say raspberry, I think everybody kind of has in their mind what that looks like. The line that I always misheard was where he says, and if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. Uh, I, I wasn't sure early on if he was saying if it was worn, she wouldn't wear much more. Like worn meaning like tattered oh, or okay. like, uh, starting to fall apart. Um, because, you know, it's a secondhand store, so you kind of already assume that it's been worn like it came from somebody else else's closet somebody else's wardrobe and she's wearing it secondhand so maybe already is getting towards the end of its lifespan you know <laughs> like it doesn't have that many more wares left in it so i guess uh, that's kind of where my head was going when i thought i heard if it was worn she wouldn't wear it much more but um, warm makes much more sense because you know you're not typically wearing like these these uh, heavy cloth hats on your head once it becomes summer once it becomes the temperature starts to rise it just is not practical exactly and then you know you could also kind of look at that like he was assuming that she was loose or you know like if it was warm she wouldn't wear much more than that like you know that she's kind of like easy or you know kind of that kind of girl sure. and I, I honestly as a as a kid i never took those lyrics that way but i can certainly see where that's going or where that could potentially be interpreted that in that manner so that's that's kind of a new a new take on it for me new take on the chorus in that line in particular because i never really considered that because i've always mm -hmm. had it in my head it was either worn or warm and then the whole wouldn't wear much more part was less less of something that I thought about. I didn't think about that half of that sentence as much as the first half of the sentence. Mm -hmm. So so thanks for bringing that up because I hadn't hadn't considered that before. And I do like how he ends the course with the whole I think I love her line. It just also speaks again a little bit to his youth, uh, the character's, character's youth where 
you know, somebody walks in and you say, I think I love her. Um, <laughs> he hasn't really even had like a conversation with her. He just is in love with her appearance, thinks she's just beautiful. And that's just an easy way to say like, she's, she's gorgeous, you know? Alright, so then the second verse goes, Built like she was, she had the nerve to ask me if I planned to do her any harm. So look here, I put her on the back of my bike and we went riding down by old man Johnson's farm. I said, now overcast days never turned me on, but something about the clouds and her mixed. She wasn't too bright, but I could tell when she kissed me, she knew how to get her kicks. What do you like about this second verse, and what do you find interesting or kind of cool or, you know, uh, something that sticks with you long after the song was released? Well, I like the fact that they, or Prince, or they didn't waste any time, you know, connecting with one another. Uh, they met, um, they talked briefly, apparently. I'm not sure, you know, why she would think he would do her harm. You know, it may have been that he was a little bit too forward when he approached her, but apparently they, you know, they had a connection, they liked each other, and she ended up going for a ride with him. Mm -hmm. So there was like a, an, an instant connection, attraction between the two of them, which I thought was cute. And, you know, when he said, you know, I put her on the back of my bike and we went riding down by old man Johnson's farm, I thought of the scene from Purple Rain, you know, when he had Apollonia on the back of his bike and they were riding through the farmlands and whatnot and the infamous barn scene that I've never seen. <laughs> so right. it made cut. me think about <laughs> that whole scene from Purple Rain when I read, when I first heard the song. Yeah, the second verse is does a lot of that. Like it really harkens back to Purple Rain, which is interesting because you could tell like when Prince was making this album, he was seemingly like over it, like completely over Purple Rain. He had written all those songs mostly in 1983. By late 84, he'd already filmed the movie. The songs were a year to year and a half years old at this point. He's so ready to move on. But the second verse, you just can't help but go back to the film and some of the images that came from that film when listening to it. The motorcycle, I mean, Prince and his motorcycle, after the Purple Rain era and maybe like after this song, uh, motorcycles were not really a big part of Prince's um, image mm -hmm. beyond like this era. And so for him to comment about his motorcycle again, it's it's kind of like, well, of course people are going to think of Purple Rain because the iconic mo motorcycle that was used in the film and all of those scenes with Apollonia on the back of his bike. I right. put her on the back of my bike. You just, you just can't not think of that if you are familiar at all with the film. Hear those lines and not think of those images. And then going to the barn again, as you said, 
there's there's kind of this uh, infamous scene from the film that got cut where I guess they uh, they have sex in a barn mm -hmm. and there's a couple of images from that cut scene that were ended up I think it ended up in the when doves cry music video yes and so that was that gave us like this glimpse that this there was a scene that was filmed otherwise we would have no idea um, that we have no idea that it ever even existed but clearly there were some scenes in a barn filmed and just didn't make the final cut of the of the movie and yeah so like that whole section right there the put on the back of my bike and went riding that is a very clear callback to purple rain whether he intended to to be or not because if he wrote this in 82 and if the lyrics were identical from 82 to 84 then uh it's just a happy accident but if if right. it wasn't if he changed some of those lyrics because of you know some of the things that were filmed for purple rain the movie then then he, it was very intentional then there's no way around that i like the uh built like she was line because built like she was is i mean it implies that once again that not only is she beautiful but she also has a as a smoking body <laughs> you know i mean that that's just just the way to to you know a very somewhat crude way of saying it but that's essentially what he's saying built like she was with that line it's like she not only was pretty but she had an amazing body she must have and and i like the way he says that built like she was instead of just saying like i said smoking body which he could have put in there but that gives that leaves it up once again to interpretation and for you to kind of fill in the blanks a bit about what was she built like well, I mean, what part of her was built that made him um you know so interested in her and then also to know that they've had this connection and he's talking to her and he wants to get with her and why does why does having her being built like she was have any any connection to um, you know the kind of nerve that she would have to ask him if he planned to do her any harm? So that I think it's just kind of an it's kind of an odd way to say that because built like she was, she had the nerve to ask me if I planned to do her any harm. Well, I mean anybody who is going to go out on a, a first date with some kind of random stranger that she met at a at a five and dime might want to ask whether or not <laughs> this guy is is planning to do her any harm whether she's built or not it really doesn't make any difference so uh i think it's just kind of a way for him to to sneak that in there to make sure that we knew that she was she was really good looking and she had a great body you know it could be suggested that because she had such a great body and she looked so good that she would kind of go along with anything you know anything goes and not really be concerned about what's going to happen if you you know if you're if you're looking this smoking hot you know you should be down for anything so why would you you know why would you have the nerve to ask me if i'm going to hurt you kind of thing yeah yeah i think it also is just meaning like prince is just the character he's playing is just incredulous about her even asking that's like you're you're so beautiful why would i why would I harm you? <laughs> that that would just be the dumbest thing I could do. If you're willing to to go out with me, willing to jump on my bike, and I have this this basically this beautiful goddess behind me, why would I why would I do you harm? I mean that that would 
that would be the dumbest thing I could possibly do in this scenario. <laughs> right. Um, so he's just like, well, look at yourself. Why would I do you harm? So the second half of the verse about the overcast days never turned me on. It's something about the clouds and her mixed. That's just kind of like a really cool line, a couple of lines there. Just another way of, of kind of expressing um, how basically in any scenario this this woman is going to be attractive to him like normally you know an overcast day wouldn't cast such a great light on this on this woman but when she's when she's underneath the clouds uh all i see is beauty still you know it doesn't matter you need just the right light in order to bring out somebody's beauty and i think maybe what he's trying to say here is it doesn't matter. Sunny day, overcast day, she looks beautiful regardless. Exactly. I think I think she changed the day for him. Uh, an otherwise gloomy day with her, uh, it it changed the the landscape. It changed the the day for him. You know, she kind of changed the dynamic, made it sunny, so to speak, in his mind. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 I like that. I like that take. But then he has to say, she wasn't too bright. <laughs> I'm like, what is she saying? <laughs> it's like, ah. <"Aw." laughs> I mean, how do you how do you really gather if somebody's bright or not after that short of a uh, conversation and getting to know her? But I think he just kind of wanted to put in something in, kind of interesting in there to, to give us a clue as to kind of a person she was. And just to make it more interesting, I mean, she wasn't too bright, but I could tell when she kissed me, she knew how to get her kicks. You know, I, I don't know. I don't really have much more to say about that besides the fact that that is another line that I had misheard as a kid. And not that she wasn't too bright part of that was clear because he kind of like half sings, half speaks that line. Right. And then when he says, but I could tell when she kissed me, she knew how to get her kicks. I always thought he said, I could tell by the way she kissed me, she knew how to give a kiss. That's what I heard as a kid. I didn't hear kicks, get her kicks. I heard give a kiss, which, you know, that just means that she's a good kisser. Um, if, if you're to hear it that way, but to, to say that the way she kissed me, she knew how to get her kicks kind of tells me then that she's experienced. Uh, she's she's a lot more sexually experienced than the person singing the song or the person that she's kissing. If he takes, if that's his takeaway from her kissing ability, is that she really knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. That's that what, what I she took did from as well. Him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you ever hear that that line differently, or did you get that from the from the beginning? I got that from the beginning. Okay. Good, because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> So you always, at least, at least you heard it right all these all these years. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, um, yeah, that's the second verse. So at this point now, she's gotten her loan. I, yeah, I don't know if he's like just ditched work, or um, he's <laughs> like it, <laughs> or if he's like if he quit. You know, like I, I, if I have the opportunity to spend the rest of my day with this girl. I'm, I'm quitting my job, and we're getting the hell out of here. Or she just hung out and waited for his his uh, shift to be over. I don't know. It's not really important, I guess. But you definitely have the impression that they hit it off at the store and now they're alone. And 
and they're headed to old man Johnson's farm, which I guess like if that's not his, if it's not his farm, not anybody in his family that he's trespassing, but it's like he just needs a private place to go. You know, <laughs> that's what I took from it. You just know about this farm, but you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. He figures like, OK, nobody's going to find me here. Old man Johnson doesn't ever come out to this part of his farm, so we should be good. Right. We should be good for some privacy. Like a very typical Prince song, the third verse is sung differently. It's sung, um, you know, with with different music behind it, and it's not done with the same uh, format or structure as the first two verses. And so the third verse is, "The rain sounds so cool when it hits the barn roof, and the horses wonder who you are." Thunder drowns out with the lightning seas. You feel like a movie star. Listen. They say the first time ain't the greatest, but I tell you, if I had a chance to do it all again, it wouldn't change a stroke, because baby, I'm the most, with a girl as fine as she was then. Okay, so third verse, um, this is where you, as the listener, now kind of understand that this was the main character's first time. They say the first time ain't the greatest. Well, I guess it could also be implied that the first time meaning their first time together too right it wouldn't necessarily have to be his first time ever if you just look at it from the say the the statement they say the first time ain't the greatest because i think in 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 maybe not in all situations obviously but in in many when you're just meeting somebody for the first time let's say you've been dating a handful of times and you finally decide to have sex with them that first time could still be awkward it can still like you're still trying to figure out what they like and what they don't and so there's an opportunity for that first time to not be the greatest even if it isn't your first time or their first time but i think the general consensus is that he's saying that this is his this character's first time ever do you get that as well I got the first one. I, I felt like it was he was talking about their first time together, um, not his first time ever. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've always thought of it as the other way, that their first time. All right, well, I think either one works, right? I mean, it can, it it can go either mm-hmm. way, depending on how you want to interpret that. But right. I, I've known, I've, I've read quite a few summaries about this song and people talking about this song where they take it the other direction they feel like it is a a story about losing your virginity to this more experienced girl and that certainly can be it as well but i think i think years ago when i heard the song i took it the same way you did where i thought it was just him uh, basically saying that because it was their first time that it wasn't gonna maybe be the best sex they ever had 
because they're still trying to, you know, they have that that new newness to their quote unquote relationship. Whether or not this is a one time thing or not, we don't know. But um, you know, you like I said, you're just still still trying to figure each other out. And so maybe maybe there was some awkward fumbling going around because uh, they're still not quite sure what they like and what they want. Right. Okay, so I think either way works. Um, I do too, and that's the brilliance of that that lyric. You can yeah. take however way you want. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people like this verse, and myself included, for like those first few lines, and unlike the imagery of what that what that gives us, um, the, the picture that it paints for us, and then in the video, this is the part of the song that is animated. To kind of show this this section of the song, so the rain sounds so cool when it hits the barn roof, and the horses wonder who you are. So that automatically puts you in a place where you imagine like these two people. As we already know they're in a farm, um, Old Man Johnson's farm, and so now the overcast day that that they had been riding around on the motorcycle with, where he mentioned how pretty she was despite it being overcast. Now it's raining, so you know they've been able to take shelter. And I think even in that purple rain scene in the barn, it's raining. If I remember exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I think that there's a a camera trick where it looks like water's uh, flowing down over the lens of the camera to kind of obscure a little bit what Prince and Apollonia are doing in this barn. And then the horses just, you know, they it's just a comment about basically having sex in front of animals and they're just like what yeah <laughs> Who are what you? are you doing hello <laughs> are you gonna feed us or why are you here <laughs> <laughs> and then the thunder drowns out with the lightning seas i think that's another one of those lines that people just kind of cite with this song as being a really just kind of poetic and brilliant way of basically saying that uh, any noises that they're going to make is going to be drowned out by the thunder and the lightning seas because it's probably dark in there so the flashes of lightning are going to like kind of see and show what is happening in the barn but you're not going to hear it because the thunder's too loud and it's it's just it's a really cool line I don't know I mean I don't I don't think we need to overanalyze it but I really like that line did you do you feel the same about it do you think it's a kind of a a cool poetic way just to kind of paint a picture in your mind about what's happening in this barn definitely it it paints the picture of what's going on and you know the thunder and the lightning and the part you feel like a movie star you know with the flashing lights mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of a unique analogy to what was going on with the lightning and the you know all the um sound effects and light effects you you think movie star i thought that was kind of unique for that scene for him to go from that to feeling you know the feeling like a movie star with cameras i guess mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of interesting yeah i mean that's that's exactly what it is i think was the the flashes of lightning and it's it's kind of like a a little bit of a kinky way of talking about like having sex on on camera you know if yeah. you think of it from that but mm -hmm. but we know from future prince songs that this is a topic that he touches on more than once about recording making a making basically a dirty movie with his with his partner he's he, he does it a few times 
-hmm. talks about you know it alludes to making uh like you know sex tapes or <laughs> something along those lines like a like an erotic movie with his partner and turning that into like a, some sort of foreplay i think it also what it might do a little bit is you know if you feel like a movie star you feel kind of important right i mean if you're a movie star you've got all these people that are interested in you interested in what you're doing uh you, you kind of feel like you've made it like you've, you've done something great uh, something that people are interested in and so if he feels like he's made it with this girl then he's on top of the world you know and you feel like a movie star i guess kind of gives the the idea that this person's feeling like they're on cloud nine that's a different way of looking at it i like that he's just feeling very confident maybe <laughs> at this moment yes confident couldn't has never been as high as it is in this moment but, uh, you know, this, the mention that if he had a chance to do it all again, because even though the first time he ain't the greatest, if he had a chance to do it all again, he wouldn't change a stroke. So basically saying, no matter what happened with this encounter with this girl, I would not change a thing because uh, it, it, was, it was still perfect in my mind. He kind of tooted his own horn, too, because baby, I'm the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He wouldn't change a stroke because baby, I'm the most. Yeah, for sure. There, there's that uh, telltale Prince confidence coming right. in here in this this section of the song. And if it really was his first time, like if if you think of it from the standpoint of his very first time losing his virginity, then in the whole movie star line, and I wouldn't change his joke as baby I'm the most. Boy, you know, I think uh, he's either has very selective memory or he really. Um, just as a natural, I guess. I don't know, I don't know how yeah. else to say it. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people's first time would never be considered their best. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just saying this was such a such a great experience that, you know, in his mind, he, he knocked it out of the park. You know, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> in his mind, yes. Um, so after the third verse, then we just get the chorus again, and there's really no other additional lyrics to the song um but i think the last thing i want to mention with the third verse is i still had i had another misheard lyric here as well and it was the very end when he says because uh, baby i'm the most with the girl as fine as she was then i kind of misheard back in the day um with this girl as fine as she when she walked in not as she was then when she walked in and kind of going back to her kind of walking into this five and dime and just completely enrapturing Prince or the Prince's character in the song when his girl is fine as she walked in. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't really change the meaning of the song or even that verse to hear it the way I heard it as a kid. But I just thought I'd bring it up because I did not necessarily hear with this girl as fine as she was then. What is funny, your interpretation actually works like you said, it works also. <laughs> yeah, it could be both actually. Yeah. yeah, it works. It's not right, but it's but it works. <laughs> <laughs> and and also it, the fact that it does that he does say his girl is fine as she was then, knowing that that's what the line is, it really, it really once again gives me the the notion that this is a song sung by a man or a story told by a man 
many years after this event took place. Because uh, it's obviously in the past, because he used past tense with the girl's fine as she was then. Now, I mean, it doesn't mean it has to be years. It could be just a few weeks ago, and he's just never seen her again. He's talking about it with a really kind of wistful tone. It kind of gives me the impression that this was a one-time thing. Um, I don't, I don't get the feeling that this is a story told about a girl that he ended up dating for a long time, or, or you know, marrying. Obviously, it's. I get, I get it more like this was just a very uh, fleeting encounter. Do you ever feel that way when you listen to this song, or do you get like this is just a, a standalone story, and what happened after is completely unknown? I think it was. The way it was told, I think it might have been a one-time thing, you know. And he was just telling the story about an experience he had. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I looked at it. There is a lyric in here: "Where have all the raspberry women gone?" What was he What was he talking about there? You know, where where can I find a a, a, a raspberry woman that I can have a, another encounter with? I don't know. But yeah, I kind of understand. Yeah, what what he meant by that? Yeah, it kind of makes me think like if that's if he's saying that he just wants because he says women, not woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not yeah. not necessarily her. He's just look yeah. not not specifically for this for this woman, but more generally, where are the other kind of uh, free, open to exactly basically doing being down for whatever you know, for lack of a better word. Right. Uh, and saying like I want to, I want to recreate this because <laughs> this was such a, just such a really kind of fun uh, encounter. I want to do this again with a, you know, with a different woman, another quote-unquote raspberry woman. Exactly. I mean, somebody who really isn't going to be my soulmate isn't necessarily somebody that I consider my intellectual equal. Hence, you know, hence the she wasn't too bright line. But she's beautiful, she's got a great body, and she's <laughs> willing to sleep with me. So that's what I want. <laughs> You're right, and it was a and it was a good experience for both of them. So, you know, are there women, like you said a moment ago, are there women like that, that are free spirit like that, that can just have an experience with me? Yeah. Yeah, because we're getting this song and we're getting this encounter from from his point of view. You never know, like, if she were to sing this song, she might have some interesting things to say about him, too. Like, oh, he was this kind of dorky, lazy teenage kid that, you know, I, I saw in this five and dime, and but he was cute. So I basically took him to this barn. He, he drove me, but, you know, <laughs> I basically was the uh, aggressor in this, and I got out of him what I was looking for, too. Where are all these? Uh, where are all these five and dime guys? Where where have they all gone? <laughs> you know, it's equal opportunity, right? I mean, she she right. probably wasn't looking for more than just a, a one time fling either, and she got what she wanted from him. I like that. So yeah, that's that's essentially Raspberry Beret. The lyrics of the Raspberry Beret, and kind of walking through the story that's being told of this song. Uh, I think we both agree it's. A really fun song it's it's not one of you know prince's most deep lyrical compositions we're not you know going to debate a lot of the lines 
too much and like, whoa, what were the hidden meetings here? I think it's pretty clear that he's that it's really just a story song. It's and it's meant to invoke in us some maybe nostalgic memories of our first times or, you know, nostalgic memories of being younger and and really just being more free with, with our sexuality and with our lives, not having a lot of cares not really having a lot of uh, responsibilities and and what that means when we you know meet somebody that's attractive to us you know hormones raging on both sides um let's let's have some fun and and you know what are some kind of cool and memorable stories that can come from those encounters that people can relate to i mean that's essentially what i take away from this song is just you know there's other songs in this vein not just in Prince's catalog, but people have been singing songs about this type of thing forever. Do you kind of agree with that assessment, or do you think there's there's more to this song that I'm missing? <laughs> no, I think it. I think it. It literally was what it was. It was. It was a song uh, talking about a, an event, a sexual event or experience that this person had. And they told it like a story. They put in, you know, details about the job and, you know, what she was wearing and the, you know, she came in the outdoor. I mean, I think it was just an experience, a very special experience. You know, the horses and the, you know, the effects of the storm, you know, during the the encounter. I just think it was all a, a, a very nice story, mm-hmm. you know. To me, this song a little bit has similarities to Little Red Corvette and Darling Nikki, where the song is about a woman that Prince's character meets and basically what happens in that encounter. Like in Little Red Corvette, you know, she takes him back to her place and, you know, she sees all the jockeys, pictures of the jockeys and horses running free, you got horses again now in this song, horses wondering who you are, and Darling Nikki, you know, she's like the, the kind of the aggressor and is the more experienced one, and you kind of get the same vibe from this, even though the, the difference with Little Red Corvette and Darling Nikki and then a Raspberry Beret, where I think in all three songs, the woman is more experienced and is... Um, maybe maybe a little bit more aggressive than than the man but the difference is this is sung with with a much lighter tone uh there's i mean the tone of darling nikki is more sinister you know like right it's kind of like this this dark you get much more darker imagery much more sexual and with little red corvette it's more sung like a cautionary tale like he's worried he doesn't feel like he's up to snuff he doesn't and and he's worried that she's moving much too fast and that she's going to burn her body right to the ground <laughs> but mm-hmm. in raspberry beret the tone is much lighter and it's much you get more of like a happy and like i said wist, wistful feeling about it even okay. though the songs i think do have some similarities the tone and how the lyrics are written completely different between raspberry beret and those other two songs i mentioned a schoolboy's encounter from like an yeah. 80s movie or something. <laughs> yeah, schoolboys encounter versus, you know, grown grown folks, <laughs> like in the other one. All right, um, any final thoughts on Raspberry Beret, Karen? Before we wrap it up? No, uh, I think we covered a lot. I, it, 
definitely when I do these um, podcasts, it gives me a different perspective, a different way of looking at his songs. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. And like I said, it, it it's one of my favorites by him. And just to, to hear a different take on it is always good for me. Okay. Well, I think then uh, we are at the end of this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. I wanted to thank Karen Shedrick again for taking time out of your day to talk with me about Raspberry Beret, which, gosh, 35 years ago now. So uh, it was a big hit in the summer of 85, and we're recording this in the summer of 2020. So I think you know, <laughs> enough time has passed that we can certainly still lay claim that this song is relevant and it's certainly still a very memorable and catchy and fun song from that from that time frame that prince was you know kind of putting out this new sound this kind of psychedelic and world world music sound that he was doing around this time and thank you karen for talking with me about it and kind of discussing the lyrics you're welcome and thank you for having me um I can't think of anything better to do than to talk about Prince. So thank you again. Yep, that's awesome. I, I agree with you on that one. So uh, thanks again. You can guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, PressRewind75. I have a Facebook page as well. Please uh, write me and let me know what you think about this song. Do you think it still holds up 35 years later as one of Prince's best? Or are you kind of like Karen and I where, you know... <laughs> It's been a little overplayed, and it's unfortunate because it is a very good song, but any song that you hear too many times can can get a little old. So, uh, But but uh, if you're new to Prince's discography, like there's still new, new people listening to his music all the time. What do you think about this song? Do you feel like it is, it is still relevant in 2020, or um, do you kind of feel like there's better songs on this album than Raspberry Beret, and this just was a big hit because it was such a you know perfect pop song the other way i'd like to hear from you so feel free to write feel free to comment and until next time goodbye